Reformation Day. Welcome to Weekdays with Jesus. Today, John David Mole preaches on Psalm 46 as if it were an inspirational football speech about God being our refuge and strength. And our song today at the end of the podcast is a special medley for Reformation Day that was recorded two years ago by a band called Sibling Harmony during the pandemic in three different locations, Indiana, Montana, and Germany. Be sure to check out the show notes to watch the video for this song. But first, here's Pastor John David. Solid ground. Not a bad thing. I've lived life on shaky ground, but solid ground is what we're looking for. And what I wanted to share with you today is Psalm 46 uh, it is, uh, it's David, God speaking through David, and he's given the pregame speech. That's what it is. You need good pregame speeches in our world, you know? Uh, so to prepare for this, I went back and, and tried to look, what's the best pregame speech that's out there? I mean, just anything. Winston Churchill, right? The speech he gave uh, when, when the Nazis were coming. Just an incredible speech. And I went to movies, <clears throat> right? And I went into... Uh, uh, Gladiator, that one has a really good speech in it before it. <clears throat> in Braveheart, Braveheart, incredible. Sorry, just a second. I'll make it. In, in Braveheart, where he says, They won't take no freedom! Right, you're just ready to run into a brick wall. The best one is one I'd never seen before. Uh, the great uh, silent film actor Charlie Chaplin, right? The first film he ever did where he actually spoke is 1940. It's called The Dictator. Uh, it's a movie where he's, he's like the, a, a barber. And it would be set really in Germany. It was a parody of, of Germany at the time. And the, the dictator looked just like him. And at some point they accidentally get switched. And then he comes before these thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people. And Charlie Chaplin, it's the first time he speaks, and he gives this speech. You should look it up. It is awesome. Like at the end of it, I was ready to run through a brick wall. And speeches are huge. Speeches are huge, especially in fall, because it's football season, right? And I told you, I was a football coach for a good while down in Texas, and at the end of that time, I was the head JV coach at our high school. And in Texas, that was actually like a paid position. I actually had three paid staff under me as a JV football coach. Uh, And I remember my first year as a coach, we went five and three, but two of the losses were to the same team. That happens in JV sometimes. You'll play a team more than once. And I remember the next year, we were going to be facing that team again. And uh, one thing I learned about being a football coach is you need your guys to believe they're going to win when they're going in the game. If they don't believe that they can win this game when they're going in, they will what? They will lose. And so we trained them up. We talked to them all week. But then I had to give the speech, man. I had to give a good one. And I dug deep. And I got those boys excited. And when they ran out of that place, I knew we were about to win that game. I felt bad for the other team. And we did. Something like 44 to nothing. Just blew them away. Because we need to believe we're going to win. 
Our text today is a speech for you. It's God's pregame speech for you. And He is giving it to you, not so that you will believe we could win, but so that you believe Christ has already won. The victory is there. And so we need to read it just a little bit different. I believe this is more the way it would have gone. God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble and the waters surge. They got nothing on us. Nothing on us. Sounds good, doesn't it? Do you like it? There's something else buried in that. Do you hear it? What does that mean is going to come? The reason you give a speech like this, the reason I gave that speech to that football team is because I knew that they had a kid at running back who was bigger than our linemen. And I knew it was going to be rough. And I didn't, I didn't go over it with our boys. I let them know that he was there, but I let them know that they were prepared and it was going to be, you're going to take him out. You're going to be able to take him out. Just hit him low. God is telling you, earthquakes will come. They will. The ocean will rage. I need you to know when this was first heard, the ocean raging was a big deal. I've talked to you about this before. In, back at the time that this is written, there's only a couple of sounds that really make you shake at that time. It would be a major thunderstorm, and it would be being by the sea when the waves are crashing in. They didn't go to movies, and before the movie starts, the THX logo shows up, and it goes really loud. They never experienced anything like that. The loudest things going were thunderstorms and the ocean crashing. And God is telling them, it will come. But he's pumping them up going, but we got this. Matter of fact, the way the people at that time would have thought of it and what he was probably pointing at at the same time. When David's writing this, he's probably pointing at the mount where the temple is going to be built. And he's going, God will be with us right there. When rough times come and we need refuge, we're going to go where God is and we will go into that temple and he will be there. And we know we are taken care of because God has said, you're mine and we're taken care of. We'll go to that temple. And now we hear it today and we ask, well, where do we go? Because I don't know if you know this, but on that mount right now, there's a big Muslim temple on the top of it. Matter of fact, all that's left of that temple is a wall that wasn't even part of the actual temple itself. And now we call it the Wailing Wall. It's the place where these people go and cry about the fact we don't have the place to go to whenever the tough times come. And so what do we do? Jesus was in that temple. One time Jesus was in that temple and he was angry. He had righteous anger because in the temple courts, 
people were making money off of people. People had dishonest scales. They were changing money. They had this thing going, right? They knew what they were doing, how to make money in the temple. They said only one kind of coin can be used to give your offering to the, to the Lord here. So when you come in with your other money, you've got to exchange it for this money so that you can go. And when they gave the exchange, they gave them a really bad rate. Right? And Jesus was upset about it, and he's turning it all over. And they were saying to him, what right do you have to do this? And Jesus goes, tear down this temple. Tear down this temple. And in three days, I will raise it back up. And Jesus is speaking to you when he says that. Because when you ask, where am I supposed to go? There's not a temple anymore. Jesus has said, it's me. I am the temple. I am the Christ. I am the one who's overcome for you. And he says to you, you of all people, my people, the people I came and lived and suffered and died and rose for, you of all people shouldn't be surprised when earthquakes come. You shouldn't be surprised. Just yesterday, Haley was telling us about a dream that she had where she, Haley's my freshman daughter. She didn't know I was going to talk about her. But this dream that she, she's it's very excited. Uh, this dream that she had where she and my older son went back in time and, and eventually it led to a discussion of what if we went back in there? What if we went back three years ago? Like three years ago right now, what would I say to myself, you know? Because three years ago right now, we were in Texas. Three years ago right now, it was Reformation Day and we were uh, celebrating in a coffee house because that's where our church was. And so three years ago today, what would we be going if we went to them? And they, they said, wow, you're three years in the head. What's it like? So Haley was saying, I would probably be asking myself, what's it like in high school at Grapevine Faith? And she'd be going, well, we didn't actually go there. And then we could take it a bit further because we live in Iowa now. What? Iowa? What's there? And then we'd go further. Well, well, what was it like when you first went to school there? Well, we didn't actually go. Because when we went, they shut it down. What? There was a global pandemic. And we were isolated in our homes. See, we of all people shouldn't be surprised when this stuff happens because God tells us it's going to. Matter of fact, the world has it all wrong. The whole theory of evolution, right? The theory of evolution says things get better over time. We adapt and we get better over time. God says in His Word, in this broken world, in this messed up place, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. You know what? It has. Anyone my age, in this age range or older, how many people when you were a kid in school, how many kids in your school had a peanut allergy? Do you remember anybody? I don't remember anybody. Now go to a school and how many classrooms can you find that don't have a sign on the door that says, no peanuts! Right? The world's getting worse. It's not getting better. We shouldn't be surprised. We should not be surprised by a global pandemic. We shouldn't be. But God says to us, in Psalm 46, I got you. 
I've got you. See, the next verses say this. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. This is talking about Jerusalem. God will protect it. God will protect that temple. But now, Jesus is coming and saying, but I am the temple. It wasn't just talking about this one location, this one place. It was talking about me. I have come to save you from the hard times. I have come to be your solid ground, the rock on which you stand. I am the one who has overcome for you. I talk to you all the time about when we baptize someone in this church, that God's saying, I got you. He's not saying, I got you like this. He's saying, I got you like this. I hold you in my hands. I am the firm foundation. So when the waters rage, when this war hits, I am there for you. And I'm no raging water. As a matter of fact, I'm the water of life. I flow and give you hope and life and grace in the midst of this mess. Whenever the first people would have heard David speak this or sing it to them, this is a psalm of David in verse 5, when he says, from the very break of day, God will protect it. When they heard from the very break of day, they'd been like, wow. Because the very break of day, break of day, that's only used one other time in the whole Old Testament. The break of day is only used one other time. I believe it's, in the, in the Hebrew, Pinot Baroque. When David would have sung Pinot Baroque, they would have immediately, because they're in an oral culture, right? When they were hearing things, they would remember it. And they would have heard that before. They would have heard that from the book of Exodus. Because whenever the people walk across the Red Sea on dry land, when God parts it to escape slavery, and when they come out the other side and they're standing there, and they look back, and what do they see but Pharaoh's army coming through as well? And they're going, no, we're just going to die again. God's just brought us to this part. And then it says, but at the very break of day, Pinot Baroque, Moses lifts his hands and God saves them. And when the people heard that, that would have been in their minds right away. God will save us. Even when it seems like it's at its worst, God will save us. And God says to you, Jesus Christ says to you, I've got you. And so let's not be surprised when earthquakes come. Let's not be surprised when the waters rage. And when we're doing well, we take that psalm really well. But what about when the hard times are actually hitting our house? What about when the hard times do more than hit our house, but when it tears holes in it and it comes in our house? What about when the diagnosis comes and it says something like cancer for someone you love or for yourself? What about when it comes and it hits you right in the face? What about when your child spins out of control? What about when life just hits you personally? What about when the storm is right here? 
God still says, I've got you. I've got you. At the break of day, I've got you. And he points you to the cross. And he said, at that cross, I took it all upon myself. If your storms are caused by your sin and your sickness, he says, I took it there. If it's caused by the world around you, totally out of your control, he says, I took it there. And he says, look back in my word, because there's another time when the break of dawn comes. When the break of day comes. It's in all four Gospels. It's when the ladies are headed to the tomb. At the break of dawn. And they find it empty empty because Jesus has risen from the grave and Jesus says to you and he says to me you're my child you are the child of my father because of what I have done and I hold you in my hands you don't have to run to some temple somewhere when the waters rage turn to me And turn to your brothers and sisters in Christ because together we are the church. And we hold each other up and we remind each other that God has got you and He's got me. Matter of fact, He's got all y'all. He says, I love you. And there's nothing that this world can do to you that's going to rip you away from me. Cancer can't rip you away from our God. Sickness can't rip you away from our God. Your sin can't rip you away from our God. He's got you. And you are amidst of a cloud of witnesses that say to you, when you are weak, we'll be strong for you because God has been strong for us. We will care for each other. We will love each other in this place. and We will love each other out there in the world. And God will tear through us, good news to deliver to a broken world. And we won't be surprised. We won't be surprised when the news comes on and says, there's another pandemic coming your way. We should go, makes sense. When you go into the doctor's office and he says, it's not what you wanted to hear, we should go, makes sense. When someone you love dies, not surprised. And it would be awful to deal with. Awful to deal with if we didn't have a firm foundation to live on. His name is Jesus. And when God says, I give you living water, when God says, I've got you, He says to you, I am such a firm foundation that when this world hits you and you can't stand up anymore, when this world hits you and you feel totally out of control, when this world hits you and you fall flat on your back, you fall in my hand. I still got you. I still hold you up. Even if death comes, 
I've got you, and I will not let you go. Because Jesus Christ has come, and he has overcome, and he has risen from the grave, and he is with us now. We don't need to go search out the temple. It comes to us. He holds us on solid ground. That's where you live. No matter how this world shakes, you stand and sometimes lay on solid ground. And his name is Jesus. And that's a message we have to share with a very lost and a very broken world, choosing thing after thing that's just sinking sand. So let's go out and share it. There's something solid. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he will hold you firm through the darkest day. He will hold you firm through the biggest shaking. He has overcome for me and for you. He is solid ground. Amen? Heavenly Father, on this day in which we celebrate the Reformation, we pray that you would be at work in us. That you, Lord, would reveal to us the brokenness that is in us and remind us that your Son has overcome it. That as we come to your cross with our brokenness and our pain, what we find is solid ground to stand on. Though the world around us rages, we stand on solid ground. Because we are saved by grace. Saved by a God who loves us and gives us living water. Saved by a God who has sent His Son to save. Lord Jesus Christ, forgive us. Forgive us for doubting You. Forgive us for getting that You hold us up. We don't hold You up. Forgive us for thinking somehow we're going to make it through this world on our own. Forgive us for hiding our pain and our grief from You and from our brothers and sisters. Forgive us for trying to do it ourselves. Forgive us for listening to the enemy telling us that this world is too much, it's too broken, that we can't make it in it. Forgive us, Lord, for not sharing your good news, for sharing that there is something solid out there. Forgive us for falling short of who you're calling us to be. And remind us once again where we stand, where we kneel, where we lay in your hands, because you have claimed us as yours. Lord, please forgive us for Jesus' sake. If this is your confession, say, please forgive me, Lord. Please do it, Lord. And thank you that you do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.